Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date Sunday, the 18th of February, 2024. We've been monitoring your brainwave patterning. I'm resting my eyelids. Not sure I want to reconnect with life just yet. That's the sodium thiopental. Drink this. It'll restore your electrolytes. Do I look like an idiot? You drink it. All right. Ah, well, a warm hello to you all. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish, audiobooks, audio drama, and this podcast, all for the love of stories. It's Gallifrey One in LA. We'll be saying a big hello to all our chums celebrating Doctor Who on the other side of the Atlantic in a convention. I thought I'd just mention a convention. They're not on Gallifrey, no. They're not there, no, it'll be a long way. Uh, after that, though, it'd be time for the Good Review Guy, reviewing the reviews of Rose Tyler, Dimension Cannon, oh. Other World, starring Billy Piper, of course. Oh, yeah. Ready, Mum? As I'll ever be. Then we go behind the scenes with the latest Eric Roberts Master release out this Tuesday, the 20th of February. It's entitled Planet Doom. And we focus in on the first episode by the wonderful Rob Whitelock, Basilisk. Hi, my name's Rob Whitelock, and I have written Basilisk, which is the first episode of the third Master Box set, Planet Doom. The way that reads there, it almost reads like you're you're insinuating that Robert Whitelock is a basilisk. He is. We hear from Robert Whitelock, basilisk, uh, who has got this to say. Um, uh, following that, it's listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. More from you and more from us. Also out this week on Thursday, the 22nd of February, Sophie Aldred and Paul Clayton are reunited again as Ace and Mr. Colchester in Torchwood Sabotage. We go behind the scenes. Hello, I'm Paul Clayton and I play Mr. Colchester. Then it'll be time for the Randomoid Selectatron, delivering a random release with a 25% discount dutifully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. Now, at this point in the time span, no one knows what it will be. So, here's a Futuroid Projectatron of what it's going to be. Ice! More ice and... Oh, what's over there? And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's from Master, Planet Doom, Basilisk, by the rather lovely Basilisk, Rob Whitelock. If anything other than the target comes out of that portal, light it up. Copy that. Copy, copy that. Josh A, instigate accumulator protocols. Yep. Engage polarity transfer. Engaging. Big shout out to all at the Doctor Who convention Gallifrey One this weekend. Who's there this year, Benji? Do you know? I don't. Uh, I know Jason's there, our Lord and Master. I know that Jason's there. I've just got the website up now. Uh, So Derek Jacobi's there. Yeah. I mean, royalty. Uh, Billy Piper. Oh, royalty. Wow. They're all, it's all Doctor Who royalty. Alex Kingston, um, Sagan Akinola, oh, uh, yes. Matthew Waterhouse, Fraser Hines, Camille Kaduri, Jacqueline King, Rachel oh. Talalay, oh. Ray Holman, Kevin McNally, Brian Herring, Sean Dingwall, Annette Badland, 
Jay Griffiths, the last big finish. There we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sally the Vet, Brian Croucher, Jan Chapel, a bit of Blake Seven going oh, on here. I thought you said uh, Sally the Vet then. Sorry. Sally, <laughs> Sally the Vet, she's there looking after the dogs. Jonathan Carley. Hey. Um, Kevin John Davies, Dominic Glynn. Oh. Uh, that was my little bit of uh, survival there. Um, <laughs> Robert Strange, Stephen Cole, Mark Morris, James Goss. Um, a big Finnish royalty right there. And loads more people. Gary Russell, John Dorney, Lisa McMullen, Tony Lee, Jody, ha- Jody Hauser, uh, Peter Angelides, uh, Paul Cornell, um, Simon Guria. There's so many people. Elizabeth Miles, Alfie Shaw, Jason Haygallery. There we go. Yeah. Loads of people there. Well, I, I bet they're having a lovely, lovely time. Um, yeah, it's ages since I've gone. And uh, I, yeah, do you know the interesting thing about Gallifrey, the planet? You do hmm. you know when it was first mentioned in Doctor Who? Wasn't it meant? Wasn't it meant to be called Gallifrey as well? Um, I seem to re- I seem to recall in an early script it was meant to be called Gallifrey and then became or was pronounced Gallifrey and has been Gallifrey ever since. Oh, and do you know what script it was? I think it was the time, um, not the time once. Um, what's it called with the Sontarans? It's the Time Warrior. Yeah, you're absolutely time right. Time Warrior. Yeah, yeah. There we I go. I just wonder yeah. whether you knew. I was just watching it the other evening, as as I do with uh, many uh, John Pertwee adventures, and it's yes in episode three when, um, uh, or part three, sorry, uh, when uh, Links is talking to the Doctor, and he just says, "I'm from the planet Gallifrey." And interestingly, he does say Gallifrey because when the word next appears. At the end of um, uh, the Hand of Fear, Tom Baker and says Gallifrey. Gallifrey. I can imagine he would say Gallifrey. Gallifrey. Yeah. But by the time I'm they sure get to the invasion was... of time, it's back to uh, Gallifrey. Gallifrey. I'm sure it was meant. It was Gallifrey. intended to be Gallifrey. Yeah. I'm re- I, honestly, I'm sure. What do you think? Well, John Pertwee just mispronounced it, or misread it, or misremembered it, or something. I mean, I don't. I don't know, or whether it was changed because it. Somebody said Gallifrey sounds silly. I mean, the thing is, it is a wonderful word to say. It is, it is a very enjoyable. Gallifrey is sounds a wonderful important word. Gallifrey. Oh, um, yes, and the the when he met when Tom Baker's doctor mentions it in Hand of Fear earlier on, and the Indian doctor says, uh, "Is it is it in Ireland?" Or does he say, "Is it an island?" I don't know whether he says, "Is it in Ireland?" or "Is it an island?" I mean, both. It could be both, quite frankly. It could be it? an Irish. It, it does sound. It does sound like something that you can Irish island. Does sound like some a part of Ireland, doesn't yes, it? Yes, you know? yes, it does. Like Galway. Yeah, you know, yes, Galway. Yeah, Galfrey. Maybe, maybe we've cracked it. Who knows? <laughs> it's um, weird, but, isn't it? I just don't. Um, but I suppose a lot of people uh, might be surprised to find that it wasn't mentioned in the war games where. You know, well, I suppose doctor, it's part of that, that, that. It was sort of you know the Time Lords were created. Yeah, but I suppose at that point as well, it's that level of we've got to work out what all this is about. You know, who are the Time Lords? What are they? And and the Time Lords changed so rapidly as time went on. You know, I actually quite quite like them uh, as this sort of almost godlike beings at the end of the War Games, and they they're so mysterious and so you know so powerful and. And then the next time you see them, which I believe is in the Three Doctors. Yeah. You oh know, no, actually, big... they're actually in, actually actually, if I could say actually a lot. Uh, actually, actually, <laughs> in colony in space. They are, aren't they? Gosh, mm. you're right. 
you know, and gradually as time goes on, you know, they they become there's more of a command structure and they're more people and it's it's less of these mysterious things and, and more you know, then of course you get to the, the Tom Baker time where they're much more structured and But the deadly assassin kind of debunks all the mysticism of the Time Lords and they're just a bunch of sort of uh uh, bureaucrats yeah and dusty old and, and you know just kind of it, with a decaying um, fractured society and all that kind of stuff and it's I remember at the time I'm sure everyone knows that many Doctor Who fans were utterly appalled because they said <laughs> this is just a contradiction of everything that's come before and I think at least one major Doctor Who fan who ran a fan club sort of that was he was done with Doctor Who after that can't can't go back to Doctor Who you've, you've ruined it for me <laughs> it's well, you interesting know, it's like, jumping it's like off all these points, things isn't though isn't it is that people have different viewpoints and different you know it's like we said many moons ago that when I was re-watching all the original first Doctor stuff that actually watching it back I, I love the the idea of, of the mystery mm. of who mm. is this man what is the, the ship you know it's TARDIS yes but it's the ship and, and that's that's about as far as it goes and he comes from somewhere but we don't know where and he's not in control of this machine. Whereas, and I do think sometimes things get so bogged down in in lore and detail that it can obscure what it really is. Yeah. Then for other people, that's what it's about. For other people, it's the, you know, and that's why the one, you know, wonderful thing about Doctor Who, we have the Gallifrey range, which is so deep in lore and so deep in what, what it is. There's, there's things for everybody. Doctor Who is kind of like pick a mix. You can choose what you like. Yes. And I think I, that's I what's what you nice. Mean. And it's interesting as well, when you think talk about that lack of lore l-o-r-e uh in those earlier stories that's what in our first and second doctor ranges um i i like to even though we know all that stuff the doctor's background you know and certainly our second doctor adventures involve stuff to do with time lords i try to avoid having them mention gallifrey because he just feels wrong I mean, they just talk about, you know, back to our home planet and things like that, you know. And certainly with Stephen Noonan's brilliant portrayal of the Doctor, it's just um, we don't have him talking about things like that. And I, I yeah, so I I kind of want to keep it like it's sort of, I mean, I know I sound slightly bonkers now, like it sort of was made back then, you know, so it's got that feel of authenticity about it. I think there's that level of, you know, there was something so lovely about the TARDIS at that time. For example, that it's this wonderful, mysterious machine that the Doctor understands and Susan understands and they know it. Uh, and it continues to surprise you, you know, with things like the food machine. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, all these sort of, you know, and the, the, the time space visualizer and all these sorts of weird things that you get. And it, it it's almost beyond your, you know, it's, I think it's nice that as in your capacity as somebody sitting in in these adventures, you you can be surprised and in awe of it. Mm. Whereas I think sometimes it has a tendency later on to be, and you know, the TARDIS is the sort of semi-sentient machine, and it's all circuitry and and you know, the, uh, I don't know. I sometimes just like the idea that it's just beyond the capacity to our little fragile human minds can deal with. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. And I think you can see various attempts throughout the history of the TV show uh, for people to do that, to think, oh, well, let's make it more mysterious. Let's actually take the carpet out from under people's feet, the rug from under their feet. I think that's the correct uh, phrase, Briggs. Uh, but yeah, you know, 
and which which interestingly always um, makes a bit of a kerfuffle. But um, you know, controversy and challenging things and uh, things you love. Well, it's all part of being a Doctor Who fan, isn't it? And that will all be going on. Gallifrey One this weekend, you <laughs> know, that, sitting, in that, that they're sitting there hotel. debating this yes. exact. I mean, there are panels either. where people do, you know, debate all this stuff. I, I haven't been to any of them, but I know. <laughs> I I've know never they been happen. to Gallifrey One, so I've never, you know, I've, it's one place I've never been. Um, but it's it's the one, isn't it? It's the big one. It's the big one and beautifully organised. Yeah, yeah, great fun, great fun. I've always enjoyed myself when I've been there. Okay. Well, I suppose we should, you know, time is short, despite having our own TARDIS to, to <laughs> travel around in. Uh, this podcast is time restricted. So we move on now swiftly uh, to Gallfrey. No, we don't. We move on uh, with a good review guide, um, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. <laughs> Gallfrey. And as promised this week, we're looking at Rose Tyler, the Dimension Cannon. Other Worlds from Big Finish Productions. Ready, Mum? As I'll ever be. Rose Tyler, The Dimension Cannon, Volume 2. Something's seriously wrong, Mum. This isn't modern London, more like Tudor. Lamps, cobbles... It can't be. This is not an act of war by our neighbours. This is an unintentional consequence of off-world activity. Clearly alien. The Doctor told me all about them. You know the Doctor? Help! Anyone! Let me out! The shadow's next door! Can we go faster? We've got to find Clive. Rose, everything okay? As it'll ever be on a world that's going to end. What if it doesn't end? What if we survive? Wherever I go, I I can't help meeting people I kind of know, except the one I'm looking for. The Doctor, right? Our entire existence depends on him. Every world is on the brink of extinction. The stars are going out. That's what the prophecy says. <gasps> oh, what the hell was that? Rose, it started! Rose, you're scaring me. Just get out. Find a way. Faster than light communication. I could send a message through time. Oi, camera one, over here. I've got a message for the world. My name is Rose Tyler. I need to find a man called the Doctor and I'm running out of time. Big finish for the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type other worlds into the search pane at the top to find this one. And that's exactly what they did at whoreview.com. Other worlds is an impressive exercise in character work and world building, tied together by emotive and varied performances from Billy Piper, Camille Kaduri, and Mark Benton. Three really creative stories that feel quite unlike anything else in the Doctor Who universe. And after that cliffhanger, it's looking like the next volume, Trapped, will continue that trend. September 2023 can't come quickly enough. Highly recommended, four out of five. Nice one, Who Review. Uh, Sonic Review Who. I'm so bad at reading these. <laughs> uh, WordPress.com. Uh, says, uh, Billy Piper returns to play Rose in more multiverse adventures following a startling good first box set that should be startling lee i think good first box set from three years ago blimey yeah joining her once again are the wonderful camille kajiri playing jackie tyler and the heroic mark benton playing clive finch brilliant actors all of them it is wonderful to hear from them all again and they each put in some of their best performances today's exclamation mark eight out of ten all right then 
IndieMacUse.com Kevin Gilby uh, says Other Worlds is perhaps the best surprise this year and will offer in terms of Big Finish's Doctor Who output. It's trio of stories which put their writers' outstanding skill at the forefront. These writers are able to effortlessly craft these intense ethical problems and drama surrounding them is so compelling. This is not one to miss. Nine out of ten. Uh, get it fixed in your side. So warpedfactor.com, Matthew Kressel says from Cold War thrillers to a dark ages who done it, other worlds is a worthy follow-up to 2019's original Dimension Canon outing. It's a set highlighting the variety of the range and the talents of those involved. Very nicely done. Yes, thank you, Matthew. Well, over on social media, Andrew on the air uh, says Rose Tyler, the Dimension Canon 2 Other Worlds is a wonderful successor to the first box set with three character driven stories full of twists and nostalgic moments. A Doctor Who spin off worth recommending. And Doctor underscore 909, a really great set. Love the variety of the worlds explored. Everyone is on top form, delivering a really strong, amazing set. Love the ending for this one. Can't wait to see where this series goes next. 8.5 out of 10. Wow. Uh, we're not going to the next series of uh, Rose Cannon. No. Rose Cannon, Tyler. Tyler. Rose Cannon, Tyler Gunn. Ty- Tyler Worlds. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> uh, next week will be, you know... Uh, getting past my improvising um, reviewing the reviews of Torchwood SUV and I for one am very excited that we'll be seeing the return of Peter Nolan reviewing this title Uh, any update on his archive career Yes, he did a, a multi-part uh, drama series called Caravan. Um, it was it settled around a, a man who owned a caravan. Really? Uh, and yeah, yeah, believe it or not, and what? he you know I went around know. the UK and there was the he got it some jolly japes and all sorts of stuff. Uh, it was only in uh, episode five that it turns out the caravan was a figment of his imagination, and he'd in fact been walking around the British Isles in only a pair of sandals. Um, oh, it was quite a wow. twist at the end, you know, yeah. and. Uh, you know, I think after that he had to take six months off before coming back with uh, machine gun. Oh yeah, yeah, amazing yeah. that was, wasn't it? Yeah. I I thought it was an odd choice to film it in cinemascope with surround sound. You know, but well, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that's that's part of the charm. You know, that uh, when you when you hear the caravan moving around, yeah, you, you actually assume it was Cinerama. That, uh, I think that extra wide thing, and they the showed it, there was a, a contract. <laughs> And there was a contract uh, to show it at um, the local Odeons, wasn't there? Before. Yeah, oh, of course, of course. You and know, and, there and, were quite and there were queues of at least three people. At least three people, and they had that big campaign. Was it you can win this caravan? Uh, of course, but when when you, you get out, you find it doesn't exist. Oh, and it's, it's a big joke, and uh, you know it's a bit of a swizz, really. Yeah. Oh, Peter, you've let yourself down. Yeah, I don't know what he what he was thinking, but of course he does quite well on the convention circuit now. Yeah. Uh, Travelling around with his caravan, uh, which he stays <laughs> in in the in the car park. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah. real now. The caravan's real now. Well, he, he you know he's just cashing in, isn't he? Really on on caravans fame. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, problems going round about you know him knocking on the hotel doors and saying, "Can I use the facilities here?" To which they say no. Right, um, uh, he's well known for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's th- Benji, I'm really grateful to you updating us on Peter Nolan's career. Uh, I know that this, all the mentions of Peter Nolan, Lo- Lo- <laughs> Peter Nolan. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know we've been there with that. Um, are 
these are some of the most popular parts of the podcast. People are writing in in their droves to hear more about Peter Nolan. They're not. Um, so, you know, thanks very much for that. Pleasure's all mine. Uh, well, coming up soon, listeners' emails, Torchwood Sabotage and the Randomoid Electron. But of course, first, let's go behind the scenes with Master Planet Doom over to the very, very talented Robert Valentine. My name's Robert Valentine and I'm the script editor of Master 3 Planet Doom. Cards on the table. I need your help. And I'm willing to pay an obscene amount of money for it. I'm not a fan of your HR policy so far, but go on, I'm listening. I need you to help me recruit someone. I was asked to come up with the third set in the Master series, and it only seemed fitting to continue the premise of the series so far as established by Matt Fitton, and uh, to keep uh, to keep pushing that. Uh, so this time around, um, after an Earth-based cyberpunk first series and a spaceship set second series, it seemed right to approach the third series as a uh, an expeditionary story, largely set on a seemingly uninhabited alien planet. Uh, there was always going to be a, a species of monster down there somewhere, but early on we didn't quite know what those might turn out to be. My name is Barnaby Kay and I directed Master Planet Doom, uh, the third series of, of Master. We've got these three episodes again and a bit like, uh, well, very like series two, they are connected. So in series two, we were on um, Nemesis Express and, and the three were completely linked and in the same place. And here we have, again, three linked episodes based on the same planet. And in episode one, we're making our first journey to that planet with Phillips, who turns out to be Major Clark Phillips. And he is a mercenary, is pretty much um, all we know. What we think and what his plan is to extract the master from the vortex using Vienna as a lure and to keep both of them, but mainly to use the master to help them get into this planet, this mysterious planet. Hi, my name's Rob Whitelock and I have written Basilisk, which is the first episode of the third master box set, Planet Doom. So this box set kicks off with Vienna Salvatore having been kidnapped by this very sketchy mercenary type figure, Chief Phillips, who runs this team of mercenaries. He's got some sort of operation going on, but the idea is, initially, is that he not only needs her, he also needs the master, and she will be used to bait the hook to fish him out of the vortex and initially she's absolutely dead against it but he has the leverage of being able to turn her in and so she is forced to have to comply with him. Over the course of the Master series the Master and Vienna's lives have become entwined and entangled uh, and this time around I thought it would be fun to either metaphorically or literally handcuff them together and uh, force them to cooperate as a, as a team, almost as a double act. Because on one level, it's sort of a highly toxic doctor-companion relationship. Uh, they just don't realise it. She thinks it's a terrible idea and she's absolutely right. Uh, she's met the master before. 
a couple of times and uh, it's never ended very well. And, uh, and this looks to be no exception. So this setup is slightly different in that both Vienna and the Master are captives during this. They're captives, so they're no longer autonomous. They're given a certain amount of autonomy, we explain in the story, because they're, they're cuffed. They have this voltaic cuff placed on them. You've got bigger problems than me right now. This mission stinks. At least we agree on that. What makes this story slightly different and interesting is that it's a mission-type quest. You know, it's a, it's a real quest where everybody, uh, regardless of how much they want to be there or what they're after, is, is stuck on this quest moving towards a joint goal. I was introduced to Master in the, the second series as a, as a director. It's a slightly sort of disparate recording process because we have um, Eric Robertson and, and uh, Chase Marston are in LA and they're, they're, so they're separate from us and that bit is directed by, um, by Jason Hegelery. So there's a lot of reading in for me as a director. I do all the reading in of those parts. But what that means is I get a really good feeling for the flow of the episodes because I have to be everybody. <laughs> My name is Jason Hay-Gallery, and I'm executive producer at Big Finish. Hi, this is Chase Masterson. I'm playing Vienna Salvatore. Phillips is a third-rate logistician. My guess is he pushed papers in the military and rose to the ranks by backstabbing his peers. He likes true authority. He's losing credibility with the Raptor team. I can feel it. They already know I have the upper hand. When the time comes, they will look to me for leadership. To us, right? No, Vienna, to me. You're just along for the ride. How would you describe the dynamic between the master and your character of Vienna? You know, it's delicious, isn't it? It feels like we really, we hate each other, we want to destroy each other, and yet we enjoy each other. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Planet Doom <clears throat> into the search pane at the top to find this one out this Tuesday, the 20th of February. But of course, right now, though, it's time for... Listeners' emails. That's right, and you don't need a caravan or a Planet Doom to uh, to send us an email. No. All you need is a fax machine, and, uh, and well, you don't even need that, actually. No. Just send us an email, podcast at bigfinish.com. Get it in. You won't be disappointed. Uh, Matthew Rose did just that. Uh, <laughs> the subject of this one is questions. Yeah. Uh, dear Nick and Benji, right. um, my apologies for my spelling mistakes on the last <laughs> podcast, as when I find I'm excited about upcoming audios, it ends up breaking my tongue. Hardest translation. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We just uh, we, we can just. We we're obviously giving and, you some you know. stick, Matthew. Last time. Sorry about that. It's well. We, there are a couple of questions here. Uh, I've been thinking on for a while and hope to find them with ease. Firstly, Charlie Pollard the third. During the huge renaissance going on with Lady Audacity and Cariz, um, who recently returned alongside Charlotte Elspeth Pollard, uh, will we be finally getting any updates on the third box set of Charlie's long-awaited return to her solo series? Well, it's a really good question. I can't remember that I've said this before. The third series of Charlotte Pollard, the first drafts of the scripts were written. Then lots of other things came along that took me away because it was I was co-writing them uh, with Ian Meadows. 
And, one uh, word. One, they have to send one word to one, and it's, it's, that's how you do it, isn't <laughs> no, it? He wrote, he wrote all the scripts. and uh, But, you know, uh, I had to do uh, my share of work on them and was diverted by other things. I can't remember what now, but other urgent things. And uh, so it's rather not gone on the back burner. It's gone on the back burner of a cooker that's been stored in a warehouse uh, down the stairs with a sign, Beware the Leopard, uh, next to it. Um, So, but I, you know, I really must dig that out and do something about it, not least because I want to work with India Fisher again. So this is me apologising to everyone who's waiting for that. Uh, My intention is for it to happen. I have to say it's not scheduled so it's going to be quite some time, and I'm talking years. Oh, dear. Well, you have to, to find something else to do in that time then, Matthew. Um, secondly, we've got one here, subscriber content. Uh, when the monthly range ended, I have a feeling it may or may not have been mentioned. Uh, the four Doctors and five Companions might go for public release. Um, if it hasn't been brought up uh, subject yet, my humblest apologies, as it would be a delight to add to the collections with ease. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'll look into that. I sincerely don't know the answer to that. But I've got the same feeling as you, Matthew. Well, we got one here for you, Nick. A general question for you, Mr Briggs. Um, If you were to voice a role of any other iconic baddie that you haven't done yet, uh, would you be interested in voicing an incarnation of the monk, uh, the master, or even your own take on the Slovene? What would it be? Uh, Well, yeah, I'd, I'd... be interested I did be interested in doing the master actually that would be the good the master yeah all interesting you yeah. will obey me thank you that was it that was it that was well, you've heard it now so you've got to think of another one now yeah yeah well <laughs> it says here keep up the great work and thank you uh, as always for reading that's alright um, what just generally I was reading the Doctor Who 1973 annual uh, you were, recently, weren't you? Yeah. You messaging me, pictures, show me pictures and and the endings of everything, which is rather yeah. fun. Shall I, uh, shall I read out the ending of one of the oh, stories? Oh, please, yeah, please. Okay, I took a photograph of it. Here we go. Uh, which one is this? Joe gasped with relief. You mean <laughs> these two are themselves again, Doctor? He rose to his feet. They'll be all right, he said. They won't recall anything of their nightmare. He paused, rubbed his brow wearily, and added, But I shall. And so will the Minoans. I'm afraid they'll never forgive me for upsetting their plan. I don't know what voice that was. It was meant to be John Pertwee. No, I thought it was quite good. I was sort of, I was taken taken back by a gasp of relief. No, what was it? What was the word? A gasp of... What? Oh, no. Hold on. Uh... Uh, Joe gasped with relief. Yes. How can you gasp with relief? Like, <gasps> like <sighs> how can you, you know, <sighs> like you exhale with relief? Like, <sighs> right. Here's another one. Uh, spouting of the lava from the main cone, and for a moment, we're in danger from the great boulders of ice that were flung up in every direction. This isn't a usual weekend for us, Uncle. Laughed Joe Grant. It's normally a great deal calmer than this. He grinned at the doctor. I can see, though, Joe Girl, that you don't exactly have a dull life with the good doctor, eh? <laughs> all right, all right, one Clearly more, since not. you really want to hear it. Well, why not? Why not? <laughs> but Benji, wake up. Um, the potholer grinned. You'll make a great potholer yet, miss, he said. Care to come back with us next week when we go down to dismantle that 
that thing in the cave. Joe shuddered. No, thank you, she said feelingly. <laughs> I wouldn't count on finding anything when you go back, put in Doctor Who. For Hypo and his men... <laughs> It's an interesting name, isn't it? And his oh, men... I've got a pronunciation query on this. And his men were... Oh, my phone's gone off. And his men will want to take a trophy when they go home to Cleos. And after all, I think they deserve it. Yes, um, Fahibo. His name is for <sighs> F-H-I-B-O. And I thought Fibo, but no, it's not. Is Fibo? Fahibo, I think I'd pronounce it. Or Fahibo. But then his planets, L-L-I-O-S, so do, do, do you do the Welsh Chlios or Chlios. L- the Leos or something? I don't oh, no, you, or, or you just Leos. Chlios. Well, you'll be pleased Fibre. to hear that I'm not reading out any more, although I could actually give you the opening um, line of Door into Nowhere. The yellow car stopped at the end of the lane and Doctor Who killed the engine, got out and hands on hips surveyed the landscape. Now, that's, you know... That's Just so- sounds like a bloke looking at uh, a car engine, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, he said... <laughs> so, that'll cost you. Right, anyway, look, here we are. Here's another email from Melody Soundy. Uh, immortal Beloved Ah, Hello there, Nick and Benji. I just wanted to email again after listening to the dramatic and twisted Eighth Doctor adventure, Immortal Beloved. I loved it and never thought Doctor Who would be able to debate about clones' lives and human rights. I was shocked but heavily impressed. Uh, One of my favourite listens so far. Melody is uh, a, a new listener to Big Finish for those of you who haven't heard their previous contribution. As a fan who is a year older than New Who... It's actually really interesting to listen to dark content like that, knowing that as an adult, I can now engage with the deep messages Doctor Who is trying to tell. What's worse is knowing Zeus stole some of Lucy's DNA without her consent. Spoilers. (laughs) Uh, Knowing she dies, (gasps) even more spoilers, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a clone of her running about, or at least I can hope. There's, she's an awesome character and balances the Doctor really well. Agreed. Uh, That brings me to my question. I would ask if this story is getting a sequel, but I already know the answer, so I want to ask instead, out of all the Eighth Doctor companions that have died, who would you want brought back via cloning and why? I'd say Lucy, but she probably wouldn't be very happy about it. Keep up the great work (laughs) and storytelling. All the best, Melody Soundy. That's the interesting one, Melody. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, it would be great to have a clone of Lucy come back i was quite keen that you know lucy does die she's a very raw character and i just thought she was in the thick of a fight when she died and did something immensely heroic i won't give any more spoilers for those of you who haven't heard to the death um so i kind of wanted to preserve the sanctity of her life but of course we've done the further adventures of lucy miller where we go back and you know uh, have adventures with her and the doctor before that fateful day I've finished speaking, Benji. <laughs> no, it's very, very good analysis there. Oh, thank you. Very good. We've got one more here from Daniel Hughes. BBC News. BBC News. Uh, fourth Doctor and post-Time War Leela and 25 years of Doctor Who at Big Finish. There we go. Thanks. Greetings, Dick and Benji. Hello there. I trust all is well at Big Finish Towers. Yes. Uh, just a couple of questions. There's no such place, uh, by the way, as Big Finish Towers. 
No, no, there isn't. No, there's Big Finish towels though. Um, we all have one of those—a commemorative 25 years of Big Finish towel. Um, it's rather lovely. Uh, having idea. seen the brilliant mini episode trailer for season 15 Blu-ray box set, which saw the Time War era Leela rejoining the Fourth Doctor, would you ever consider picking up the story from that mo- moment? A moment. Um, and not really. No, no plans. Interesting though, lovely trailer. I loved doing the voice for it. They sent it to me and I, you know, synced it up to that. It's lovely. With 2024 seeing 25 years since the release of The Sirens of Time, are there any plans to commemorate this landmark with a la- uh, are there any plans to commemorate this landmark anniversary? Yes, more towels. What did you say? I said more towels. More towels. Yes. We're going to wrap uh, wrap up the CDs in towels. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Uh, well, there are some plans, but they're a bit top secret at the moment. So there's a little bit of a, mm. uh, you know, a tickle. <laughs> tickling your towel. Tickling your towel, yeah. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, that's it for the emails this week. Keep them coming. And I don't mean just you, Daniel, but I mean, love to hear from you again. We love these emails. Remember, there's a tease of Master Planet Doom uh, coming up at the end of this podcast. But before that, also available this week, out on Thursday, the 22nd of February, Torchwood Sabotage. We look behind the scenes with actors Sophie Aldred and Paul Clayton on fine form. Hello, I'm Paul Clayton and I play Mr. Colchester. But what are Torchwood doing here? <clears throat> Officially, they're not. I'm hired. Directly by Voltura? They pay well. Ugh. They aren't my cup of tea, but we need money in the bank. That attitude got the world into this mess. Look, I'm here to do good. Mr Colchester is earning a little money on the side because Torchwood funds are low, so he's working as a, a sort of environmental investigator against a chemical company, and um, he is rather surprised when he steps off the plane to find his most recent cohort, Miss Dorothy McShane, a.k.a. Ace, also in the same place. Do you know who could have had anything to do with the sabotage? Got a search warrant. No. This is a friendly visit. Good. Then you'll come for that tour. And you'll tell me everything I need to know about the saboteurs? Absolutely. I am Sophie Aldred and I play Dorothy McShane, a.k.a. Ace. It's been great to have another look at what Ace is up to with her charity. And a subject very dear to my own heart, environmental pollution, poisoning future of the planet so not difficult to get worked up about it for ace and for myself i mean ace has always sort of been righteous and a good cause type of person and uh, it's been wonderful to play this sort of you know doing quite nefarious deeds but for the good so the nitro 19 is out in force and um, the explosions and things. She's basically being a terrorist, but for a good cause, which I'm pausing because I'm thinking, well, all terrorists think they're good causes, presumably, but I mean, this the future of the planet 
probably is a pretty good cause, isn't it? Polluted rivers, hospital tents full of sick uh. people. Valtura is an environmental catastrophe. You're not going to get all activist at me, are you? Well, someone should. I've only done one baddie for Big Finish before, which was in Cicero. And I came in with the wonderful Sam Barnett and spent a whole afternoon just whispering into the microphone, Cicero, come close. So it's always nice to... Um, I just think it's nice to surprise people. Uh, Mr Colchester is quite frank, he's quite no-nonsense, and I think in this adventure we see him being a little bit more passionate. And it's really, really nice to change the dynamic between... Ace and Mr. Colchester, Sophie and I, we've made two adventures together and we love them and we have great fun days in the studio. And today we've been able to do a bit of shouting acting and I did that when I was at drama school and I'm good at shouting acting, so there's, there's shouting acting in this. What the hell do you think you're doing? We're searching the camp. With bully boy tactics. These men haven't slept. As you can smell, they haven't showered. And they're running low on drinking water. So, if a few chickens get startled, so be it. I don't like you like this. Shame. I positively adore you. And to get your hands on this one, just go to bigfinish.com and type sabotage <gasps> into the search pane at the top. And remember that it's released this Thursday, the 22nd of February. But of course, right now, it's time for... The Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. Toopy-dooby-doo, that's right. Oh, we are, are here. Yeah, what have we, got? we are ready. It is 196 Doctor Who Equilibrium. Oh, um, I can't... In, it's a main range one. Yes. Okay. Uh, main range. Equilibrium. Oh, there it is. Oh, yes, it's very blue, isn't it? And it's Lovely cover. Hmm. It is good. Matt Fitton. Yeah, I love all those profiles there. Peter Davidson. Peter Davidson. Uh, and um, and Sarah Sutton. And um, Janet Fielding and Mark Strickson. Strickson. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> this is going to be... I, looking by one of the actors in it, I reckon it was done by... Yeah, Ken Bentley, I thought. So. What's it? Uh, he knows. He knows. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because the actor uh, John Abbasini... John Albacini, he's uh, someone who Ken... I, I met when I first met Ken. We were in a production of Sherlock Holmes' The Speckled Band. <laughs> I can't speak. I'm leaving this podcast <laughs> Also, Nicholas Grace is in it. Well, isn't that a recommendation enough? Let's listen to the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. Equilibrium. Ice? More ice and... Oh, what's over there? Mountains made of ice. It's another day of darkness. The black snows fall again. So what is your gauge of equilibrium telling you? The energies, they are shifting. <laughs> now the chase is on. I thought I heard something. You shouldn't go wandering off. We've no idea what animals they might be keeping here. It wasn't an animal. It sounded human. You are all welcome to Icewood Fair. For now. We shall catch ourselves something extra today. We should go back to your palace. Yes, 
go back and tell my mother what we have seen. And the doctor. I don't know about you, but I've had quite enough of the end of the world. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. There we are. Classy bit of work by Matt Fitton. It's always it's always a little classy outing with Matt, isn't it? Certainly is. What a lovely man as well. A man oh, of yeah. a man with a mind like a storybook. You can just pluck things out and and you know you talk to him and you go, yeah, that'd make a good story, wouldn't it? <laughs> they, I was, only it, I was only talking about my tax returns. I was going to say, it's your breakfast, um, Matt. You know. Yeah, see. <laughs> Doctor Who and the fried egg monsters. Um, Doctor Who and the windscreen wipers of doom. Um, <laughs> oh, now that's an idea. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, listen, while I email Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection uh, so that she can get the offer live on the Big Finish website, Benji, can you explain how listeners can get uh, hold of this discount in the style of Benji Clifford? Ah! Well, I mean, that's going to be really difficult because I'll have to translate it and uh, put it through several supercomputers in order to get yes. the correct response. Deep thoughts. Uh, deep thoughts. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's very difficult, but uh, I'll try my best. So um, <clears throat> go to bigfinish.com. <laughs> Just go to bigfinish.com. Head over to the podcast page. When you're on the podcast page, there's a picture of myself and Nick. It says, read more. You do want to do that. It's imperative that you, you read more. In the section underneath us, it says, Just click here and enter the code buck up. And it even tells you. It says it in words, in, in, in letters. It tells you exactly what to put in. You enter that code buck up in there. Don't put in that little full stop at the end. That's a red herring. Uh, enter the code buck up and you will get. 25% discount. I mean, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You can get 25% off Equilibrium yeah. this week on the Big Finish podcast. Oh, beautifully done, Benji. It's an admirable work, Ran. Uh, at this stage, it looks very much like next week's podcast will feature Star Cops Blood Moon 2, Daughters of Death. Ooh. Well, in the meantime, it only remains for me to say that this edition of the Big Finish Podcast was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. And Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. Did you know? That's true. And of course, Benji and I did this for the love, love of, of stories. stories. And finally, on the Big Finish Podcast, Master, Planet Doom, Basilisk, by Robert Whitelock. The planet was lost and oh so forgotten. Scorched by solar winds, beaten smooth by sand and time. It seemed like nothing could live there. But this little planet held a secret. Chief Phillips, come in. Copy, Raptor One. What's your status? We achieved the summit, sir, but it was a hell of a climb. Doesn't appear to be any hostile security measures in place. What can you see? We've got a set of blast doors and a small biometric terminal here. Looks like neither has been used for at least a century. Can you breach them? One second, sir. Raptor 4? Negative. Tungsten gadolinium alloy. That's a negative, sir. Our explosives won't penetrate that. Okay. You'll have to hack it. Copy. Raptor 4, you heard the man. Yep. What's happening? What can you see? I, I think we've triggered something, sir. 
Raptors, stand by. There's four metallic tubes rising out of the ground. Abort! Get your team out of there now! Raptor team, on me! We need to go! Raptor 1, do you copy? Are you receiving me? Come in, Raptor 1! They weren't the first to die there, and they wouldn't be the last. For this planet wasn't to give up its secret that easily. Salvatore, I know you're awake. We've been monitoring your brainwave patterning. I'm resting my eyelids. Not sure I want to reconnect with life just yet. That's the sodium thiopental. Drink this. It'll restore your electrolytes. Do I look like an idiot? You drink it. All right. Happy? Ecstatic. When our Jupiter Drive took us into hyperspace, it will have knocked your system out of kilter. You'll need to rehydrate. Where the hell am I? You're our guest. <laughs> Do you cuff all your guests? That's a Voltaic smart bracelet. Just a routine precaution. If you attack me or my crew or try to effect an escape, 10,000 volts of pure current will be fired through your synapses. Hmm. And I suppose if I try and rip it off, it'll automatically discharge, right? Precisely. That's nice. Take it off, now. It's just insurance. Nothing to be concerned about. The concern's all yours, pal. Wait a minute. I recognize that voice. You're the grade-A Dumbo that snatched me. <laughs> Phillips, Chief Security Officer of Rabidium. Where's Passion? If you've done anything to hurt her, you're gonna regret it. Now, your triangulum friend was of no interest to us. Where is she? Alive and well, and wherever you left her, as far as I'm aware. What is this place? You're aboard the Cerberus, system class warship. We'll be docking with Gateway Arida soon. Never heard of it. Nah, you wouldn't have. It's a military geostationary orbital. Oh, I get it. How much are the Proximans paying you? Your fugitive status is of no interest to me. Rebidium specializes in risk management, crisis, and resilient services. Mercenaries. <laughs> We're defense contractors. Same thing. Well, however you choose to label us, we have a very lucrative contract that could potentially benefit us all. Let me get this straight. You've roughed me up and thrown me in? Prison, which is kidnap, by the way. Mm, technically, it's capture. 
You're a wanted woman. And all because you want to hire me? You didn't think to go through the usual business channels? I apologize for the level of coercion involved in this project, but the fact is that you might not have approved of our methodology. I don't approve of anything about you, and that isn't about to change. It's quite a precarious position you're in, Vienna. Like you say, those proximums would pay good money to get you to trial. I could hand you over right now and save myself a lot of pain. Then why go through the bother of kidnapping me in the first place? Cards on the table. I need your help, and I'm willing to pay an obscene amount of money for it. I'm not a fan of your HR policy so far, but go on, I'm listening. I need you to help me recruit someone. your mind. No, I won't do it. Not in a million years. It'll make you rich enough to finally throw in the towel and retire. Isn't that what you've been chasing after? What's the use of money if the universe is a charred pile of ashes? You have no idea who this guy is and what he's capable of. Oh, I know exactly what he's capable of, which is why I need your help to extract him. You think that you can pluck that psychopath out of the vortex and control him like a domestic pet? You might as well just hand me over to the Proximans. Well, that's a pity. Let's hope that the judicial system there goes easy on you. They still carry the death penalty on Proxima, don't they? You're a piece of work, Phillips, you know that? <laughs> You're not the first to say it. How are you gonna control him when he's out of there? Leave that to me. I guess if the galaxy's gonna be destroyed, I may as well get a front row seat. Walk with me. I'll explain on the way. We're doing it now? No better time than the present. Chao Shang, prepare the laboratory and assemble Raptor Team 2. We got a green light. Follow me. This is Mike Chao Shang, our Chief Science Officer. Is everyone special forces on this crate? Oh, the tattoo? Yeah, all of Rubidium's employees have combat experience, Miss Salvatore. There's no room for passengers in missions like this. And here I was, looking to put my feet up. Mike, you have command of the floor. Where do you think you're going? I'll be in the command module. Behind bulletproof glass, no doubt. Step inside the pod and attach the headpiece, Miss Salvatore. It's Vienna. I've seen one of these before. It's some kind of temporal access setup. Is that comfortable? Not particularly. What are you planning on doing with me? Baiting a hook and dangling me in? We can now open the vortex and extract entities from it. Yeah, that much I gathered. The problem is that it's like opening hell and trying to fish out a specific demon. There are things in there that could literally destroy the galaxy if they gain access to this plane of existence. That's reassuring. That's why we need to lock onto the target entity. We use what's called an attraction charge. We need a vibrant kinetic signifier. Emotions calibrate at a certain frequency. So the stronger the attraction between the two entities, the better the chance to lock onto the appropriate target through that calibration. And again, in English? 
We need you and your relationship with him. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I'm the emotional lure. <laughs> do I have to do anything? Will it help if I consciously project my utter contempt for him? No, just relax. I'll take care of everything. Relax, he says. <laughs> I was more relaxed the last time I faced the death penalty. Secure the containment area. Lower the blast shutters. Raptor Team 2 into fire positions. Raptors, stand by. Portal activated. If anything other than the target comes out of that portal, light it up. Copy that. Copy, copy that. Jarshang, instigate accumulator protocols. Yup. Engage polarity transfer. Engaging. I don't want to alarm you, but I'm feeling kind of scared. That's great! That means he's locked on to you. <sighs> I wish I was as excited about that as you are. <laughs> Something's coming through! I see it. Raptors, stand by. The more dynamic that position state is at 50%. Attempt to resist. Resistance will be punished. I'll defer my resistance. For now. Welcome to hell. Hello, Salvatore. How have you been? Alive. And I intend to keep it that way. Ow, that stings. Hold still. You've got a piece of glass in that cut. Other than that, it's mostly light cuts and bruises. No thanks to Phillips. What was he waiting for to activate the containment? You're never in any real danger. Easy for you to say. The Master wasn't trying to kill you. Chief Phillips knows what he's doing. Yeah? Then why did he freeze when it all went frenzied out there? I'm already having my doubts about this guy. I hope the deposition from your ethereal form wasn't too painful. Humans place too much importance on avoiding pain. It's infantile. It shows your weakness. An original Earth libation. It's good. You like it. I've read so much about you that I feel I know you. That's your second mistake. My first being having saved you from the vortex? Yeah. I feel I know you so well that I can anticipate your thoughts. Is that so? You made quite an impression on Earth in the latter half of the 20th century. When I started digging, I found a wealth of information on you. Earth agencies kept 
excellent records. I recall them being fairly primitive, but surprisingly resourceful. You have exactly the skill set and experience I need. And I have a proposition for you. Let me save you the effort. You're embarking upon some illicit venture and you need my expertise. In return, you'll reward me with something nice or punish me with something nasty. You'll be well rewarded. There's nothing you have that I couldn't take. You might find that harder than you imagine. And I thought you'd studied me. So, you don't want to be involved? I never said that. What's the prize? If you help me, I could offer you a star system. A star system? Is that meant to impress me? It's pretty impressive compared to where we fished you from. And you're hoping I'd be pathetically grateful. <laughs> you're mistaken. Aren't you even a little bit intrigued as to what I've got planned? I have no interest in your nanoscopic scheming. You think because you govern a second-rate mercenary outfit that you might somehow inspire awe or fear? But no, to me you're nothing. Well, <laughs> this is awkward. Did I embarrass you? You'll have to forgive me. It's not an emotion I'm familiar with. I hadn't expected to be saying goodbye this soon, but if you're not interested in what I'm proposing... Don't whine like an unloved dog, Phillips. I never said I wouldn't come. I'm undecided. What's Salvatore's role in all this? You might consider her your handler. Using the canary to guard the cat? Interesting management style. All right, I'm in. This could be amusing. Chief Phillips, do you copy? What is it? We're about to talk with Gateway Eridus, sir. Good. I'll be right down. Let's go. Meet your new team members. Hold my calls. First day at school. Always nice to see a familiar face. Am I right, Rihanna? I see the Vortex hasn't done anything to knock the corners off that duplicitous charm. A few more seconds in that lab and you'd have been a puff of free-floating ions. It'll take more than what you've got to bury me. Welcome to Gateway Erida. Be seated. Mr. Phillips will brief you on your imminent deployment. Firstly, I'd like to welcome our new contract partners. This is Vienna Salvatore, the most infamous assassin of this epoch. Big finish for the love of stories.